Back Judge Podcast. We're a month away from the NFL draft. Free agency, still a couple chips to fall, but mainly uh, in the rear view. And uh, it's it's full speed ahead to, to round one. Joined by, of course, Lee and Tommy Murray. Boys, uh, getting excited? Very. Excitement's through the roof. We're welcoming, we're welcoming uh, Lee back from his paid time off. Uh, going down to Vegas for the start of March Madness. Lee, how was Vegas? Good time? I lost. Oh. V- Vegas beat me. I'm... I, I'm one and one against Vegas. I've gone twice, and I okay. won. I won the first series, and I lost. This is this series I lost. Um, we don't need to get into the details, but we can just we can just leave it at, at Vegas beat me. I maybe a C- couple couple of Danner's locks weren't uh, weren't so trusty. No, I first of all, I got to give all the props in the world to Danner. He was on fire. Uh, I wasn't tailing him because I was in ego mode. I was in ego mode in Vegas, which you know I don't regret. You know you're there. You you're you're you want to swing your sword. You know if I'm gonna if I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die my way. Um, that's a BJP motto: is is do it your way. So um, I was doing it my way. I just dude, I I just couldn't see anything. You know any winners. I wasn't I wasn't really finding any winners on the board. I couldn't even find hockey winners. Um, Playing table games at all? Table games killed me. Like, I, I wow. literally just got obliterated by everything. Um, so I think that next time I go, uh, I'm going to have to get a nice pair of uh, black sunglasses. And it's going to be revenge season. I'm going to go into <laughs> Vegas revenge season. It's, it's, it's a rubber match. Maybe dust off that Everlast cutoff? One, yeah, exactly. No, it's going to be like I have to prepare a little bit more because I, I dominated Vegas the first time I went. And I thought I'd roll through and it'd be easy this time. And I got... It was a rude went, awakening. Went back without preparation. So we gotta we gotta yeah. be doing some wind sprints and some suicides before uh, before the next trip. Maybe you know we don't have to get into this, but maybe the apartment situation played into it. I, Adam, yeah. I think that you're on. <laughs> I think that you're on something there. Um, man, let's talk about this Tyreek trade real quick. I mean, obviously, pretty much every angle in the world has been been covered. It's been a couple days uh, since it happened, but Tyreek Hill going to the Dolphins. Seems like uh, Lee and I, you and I were talking about this. Seems kind of like an ego move on, on Tyreek's part. Just wants to get paid, which, hey, it's a business. Um, I personally couldn't fathom leaving Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes, especially when they were probably willing to pay him 20-plus million. Um, but he goes to Miami four years, 28 annually. Him and Jalen Waddell, it's like probably the fastest two receivers to be on the field at one time ever. Um, so kind of up to like, Maybe up to Tua. Um, I think it's more like the pressure's on him now. And next year, the the Dolphins do still have those two first-round picks. Um, what do you guys just kind of think overall of, of the move? It seems like it came super fast out of nowhere. I think that – I can see why it makes sense for Miami. Um, you're bringing, you know, arguably the, the, the best offensive weapon in the NFL – to your team, you you've got the new philosophy with McDaniel coming in offensively. They they said they were going to go all in on Tua. This is them going all in on Tua. We saw how good Waddle was last year. Just kind of resigned Gasecki. Yeah, like they're going out and getting Armstead, spending money. Um, the defense is already good. This division isn't getting any worse, man. You know, you've got the nope. the Bills who are an absolute juggernaut at the top of it. We saw the Patriots kind of bounce back. They've got their quarterback of the future. 
Um, and obviously, we know the Patriots are going to be competing year in and year out. And then Tommy obviously likes the Jets more than uh, you and I do, Adam. But say what you want about the Jets. They're doing what they can to put themselves in a position to win. And, and they're spending a little bit of money, too. And they're trying to be competitive. So this is a division that is really kind of, you know, it's not getting any any less competitive. And I think Miami's kind of going going all in on Tua. And I think that his life is going to be a lot easier um, when he's got these, when he's surrounded by these playmakers, uh, I, I really don't think that Tua even has to. I don't even think this is them like believing that much in Tua. I don't think he has to do that much in order for this offense to work really well. I just think he has to kind of do what he did at Alabama. He's surrounded by some of the best playmakers in the world, so um, I think it's a good move for them. Kansas City, man, I, I, this is this. We're entering the second era of 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 Mahomes in Kansas City here. I think with Tyreek leaving, um, them, you know, winning one Super Bowl so far and having however many opportunities they've had in AFC championships, I think they're kind of turning the page. Um, after they admitted they didn't want to pay Tyreek, they're going in a different direction. Going to be interesting to see what they do in the draft. Obviously having a little bit more capital now. Um, but, man, is, it, is that going to be a blow for their offense? That's um, not a guy you can really replace. So going to be interested to see kind of kind of what they do there. Um, but overall, no shortage of fireworks from a trade standpoint uh, this offseason, man. It's been fun yeah. to kind of follow and, and, and keep track of. Yeah, I'll piggyback off of Kansas City first. I think, I mean, it for sure makes them worse this year. Um, but I, Ali, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with this is the next era of Mahomes and, you know, Mahomes rookie contract is over and he's got money, big money now. And Kansas city has made a series of moves that in the moment they were, you know, trying to be win now and be aggressive. And it's kind of come back to bite them in the butt, uh, with, you know, the Frank Clark signing, getting Orlando Brown last year. And as much as I was a fan of at the time drafting, uh, Clyde Edwards, Alaire, um, and the way, and the way that he hasn't been as effective as uh, I I surely thought, um, and and you know now you're seeing kind of the repercussions of those moves. You know Orlando Brown making twenty million dollars a year, being playing played really mediocre last year, uh, coming over from Baltimore. Frank Clark has you know never was has always been overpaid and has been one of the more overpaid players in the NFL. And I completely agree with both of you guys. Uh, you know on Tyreek and this is kind of an ego move, but Kansas City wasn't in in a position to. Uh, you know, like honor his ego move, I guess. I know we're talking about, I guess reportedly it was $5 million, which I completely agree with you guys, but this is kind of the result of Kansas City, uh, you know, uh, and, their, and, their, and their mistakes and, and they're going to pay for it this year. But I do think on the positive end of it, this is kind of something that they, they had to do and they have two back-to-back first round picks and, um, you know, it's just going to come down to them being able to hit on that and, you know, keep keep this team competitive now that you're paying Patrick Mahomes $45 million plus whatever it is uh, a year from this point on. So, uh, and then on Miami, I think Lee, you summed it up really well. Uh, you know, this is a situation, Adam, you brought up the two first round picks. You're going to know, you know, the whether, you know, Tua is going to kind of define the season and, and kind of the organization going forward and how they're going to attack the next couple of years. Uh, you know, if, if he can be kind of the, the proverbial Jimmy Garoppolo for Mike McDaniel's offense and, and, you know, use the playmakers that they have, which, uh, they have a lot of good players. They picked up Cedric Wilson as well, who I was I was a fan of that move as well, and, and signed a bunch of running backs, bringing in Mostert, who's familiar with McDaniel and Edmonds, who's a player that we've all kind of liked as uh, an underrated player. Um, and you know they still have you know Gaskin and Ahmed. I mean, and they and they beefed up that offensive line. So 
the Miami definitely is getting better. I've been a fan of what the, and the Jets were right in on it too, you know, trying to get Tyreek. And now there's rumors about them trying to be in on a potential trade for AJ Brown and Debo if those guys become av- available, if they're not extended, kind of that 2019 class. There was some other guy in there that I'm forgetting. Okay. So, DK, yep. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, this is probably the best move for Kansas City long term, I guess, in, in a, like just in terms of the cap, because they would have had to. They could have restructured and then just they're kind of they were delaying the inevitable and I think they realized that and that's obviously why they traded him. I was kind of shocked that that's all they got for him, uh, you know, which was kind of crazy. But I guess they were in a situation where he has a no trade clause and he only was going to go to Miami. The Jets had a, a slightly better offer on the table, but you saw what Devontae went for and the Chiefs only getting one first round pick and I know they got a, a couple a bevy of other. I guess did they get a second? Yeah, they got a second. Yeah, they got two top fifty picks. I think it just comes with the territory of like yeah. the a team having to like pay the wide receiver too. Yeah. Um. You know, I also to just for for Kansas City, like you said, Tommy, being um you know in a position where Tyree Kill was what a fifth round pick. Yeah. Right. So I mean, you you got a fifth round pick. You signed him to a pretty team friendly like deal. I think he signed like what three years, sixty million about. Or even a little less than that was making less than twenty million a year, like way overperformed that contract, and then you're able to dump him for a first, like two picks in the top fifty, and three other, you know, other picks, you know, two fourth rounders, which you know, you can you can definitely do something with. So in terms of like the life, <laughs> the shelf life of a fifth round pick, um, that's that's pretty elite. Whereas if you buckle down and, and pay him, yeah, I think you're potentially you're potentially giving up on you know a couple Super Bowl runs within the next couple seasons. Honestly, I mean that's that's what that's what you're potentially giving up on. But I think with you know you pay a quarterback that amount of money, they they are expected to um, elevate the the players around them. And uh, yeah, it will be. You have to imagine they they take a swing on receiver, but they brought in MVS, they brought in Juju, and they have Kelsey. So. Um, they're they're not necessarily in a position where whereas like Green Bay who traded Devontae, I feel like is kind of forced into a corner to, to pick a receiver high. I I mean, maybe I'm just overly sensitive to this topic, but I feel like they have to take a receiver with one of the picks just because Kel, I mean Kelsey's not Kelsey's gonna be thirty three years old. I think Juju I Adam, we talked about Juju and how we think that he's kinda underrated now. He's gone from being overrated to underrated, but I don't think he's a number one. Part of why I like Juju so much to Kansas City was because of Tyreek and Kelsey. Yeah. And the fact that he would you know, I just you don't want to be in a situation where he is, you know, you have Kelsey and then Juju's your next kind of best option. If they're able to, you know, whomever they feel is the best ride receiver on the board, I feel like they, they kinda can't afford to pass on bringing that element to the offense because I sure as heck know that Mecole Hardman and they lost your boy Pringle Klepp and they lost Demarcus Robinson. Like, I don't think Hardman's going to be turning into something that he's not anytime soon. So the depth is really bad there, and we didn't even talk about injuries. So uh, I do think part of this Tyreek trade is, you know, hey man, they got to get they got to get another guy in there with with some talent and spend some capital there. For sure. Um, moving on, Lee, uh, what do you think of the Matty Ice deal, man? You're uh, you're one of the bigger Colts supporters on yeah. the podcast and one of the bigger Matt Ryan deniers. Well, one thing I will say is uh, this is probably the best offensive line Matt Ryan uh, will be playing behind in the past, I don't know, five to ten years. Um, so that's that's a huge, huge plus for him. I think he's been 
amongst the most sacked quarterbacks in the NFL, uh, cons- uh, you know, in the past four or five consecutive seasons. Um, so that's a big deal. I don't know, man. I mean, I think the Colts, the infrastructure is really good. He's better than Wentz. Um, is so, sorry. Is 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 Ryan better than Tannehill? I don't know. I, I don't. Think, I don't think so don't at think this so, point. Man. I don't think so. Yeah. I, I still think Matt Ryan's kind of past his prime. I don't think he's very good. I think the weapons in uh, Indianapolis are are bad. Like I don't really think that there's anyone. There's not many pass catchers on that team that stand out to me. I think Pittman's been all right, but they need more than just Pittman. Um, they're going to probably have to draft a guy. They didn't get very aggressive in the free agency. Uh, I think, obviously, it's great to have the run game that they have, but at the same time, they need to be able to, to, to throw the football effectively, and you got to be able to get some playmakers on the outside. I don't think that they're going anywhere fast if they don't improve their weapons. It's a shame the whole Paris Campbell situation is – not worked out, um, but yeah, they need to they need to figure out what they're going to do from that standpoint, or else this deal is kind of obsolete. I don't know. Where I think, do you where do you guys think like the quarterback market stands now that Baker is still available? I guess Jordan Love theoretically would still be available. Jimmy G still uh, theoretically available. Um, all of those you know via trade, of course. Mariota went to Atlanta, so are we kind of thinking maybe they just ride with Mariota for this season. I think I think Atlanta rides with Mariota. I think Jimmy G's on the Niners. I think I don't know. I, I don't think Baker's on the Browns. I think that's I don't need I mean there's no way point, that happens. At yeah. this point it's like Baker's probably gonna get cut. Yeah. So is, I don't I don't know where, where he'll end up. Maybe he goes to Carolina. I'm not sure if Carolina wants to bring that on. I could see them drafting a quarterback perhaps. Um I don't know, man. If yeah. you're if you're Matt Rule, man, you can't go bust on two straight 2018 top 10 picks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty brutal. Um, also, just bringing Baker into that QB room with like, I don't know. I don't really know how that would how that would work. Um, I think, yeah, I, I was just going to say, I think Atlanta rides with Mariota, and I think that's like the right decision. He's got some familiarity with Arthur Smith, and like that's a bad roster. I don't think, I mean... I hate to like see teams tank, but I feel like Atlanta is just like realizing kind of even when we were talking about Deshaun potentially going there, it's like wow, like they they might be able to be a, a wild card team in, even in the NFC, but that roster is just like so you just have Pitts and AJ Terrell, and that's kind of it. That Brady Jarrett is getting pick. up there. I'm gonna stand by that. Like Pitts, the Pitts pick, the Pitts yeah. pick looks dumber and dumber with each. It was bad. Passes. But and I think was, all we were all kind of on that too. Yeah. Of course, yeah, because yeah. we were all on Falcons to take quarterback, and then they extended Matt Ryan. They did yeah. like they yeah. they're <laughs> eating forty million dollars of dead cap this year. Like they didn't like they traded Matt Ryan a year late, and what's even worse is they passed up on a quarterback. I mean, they packed, passed up on Fields or Jones, and are eating forty million dollars. Where if they traded him last year, they you know it would be a lot less than that. So, yeah. and they probably could have got more than a third round pick from him. That's another crazy thing about the Matt Ryan trade is. You only went for a third round pick, which I think I think Indy's a better team this year, like all things equal, than they were last year with Matt Ryan. Like you said, Lee, I do think he's an upgrade from Wentz. I so. think he's also probably a better locker room guy. I'm not gonna try to act like I know how these guys are, but it kind of seems like Well, it like seems like, like Wentz has had some issues. Yeah, it seems like Wentz, yeah. I think there's, I also, a, there's a like, lot more stability with Matt Ryan and kind of like a veteran presence. Um, maybe so. I'm maybe I'm just letting like my Titans bias come in here, but like I 
I don't know if I'm ready to say that Tannehill is better than Ryan. And like, I, I think like either if, if, if either case is true at the end of the year, like none of us, I feel like we'll be shocked. And I'm like, all right, that makes sense. Like telling us now. So. No, I, I agree. I would say now though, that I'm, that I'm, I'm on the side of Tannehill for sure. Like, like if I were the Colts, you know, I, I would rather have Tannehill. Don't you think it's like a 55, 45 thing? Probably. They're both middling quarterbacks to me to below yeah. average kind of. Um, T- Tannehill brings like a little bit more in terms of like the mobility yeah. to me and, and just has played better recently. Yep. Yep. That is true. So, um, cool. Uh, should we move on here to some posts? Now, now we can really get into draft season, man. That that the free agency, um, obviously, again, as I mentioned, a couple things still, you know, left to, to go down. Odell still still on the market. A couple other guys still on the market. But overall, some of these team needs now heading into to the draft are are pretty much set. Uh, in in my eyes, um, I did want to talk about the. I'll, I'll kick us off, I guess, with with talking about the Bengals, because. Um, it's kind of been a thing for for a year and a half, maybe even more than that, where I've been harping on their their O line. Was was really you know, I liked what they did in in free agency, getting Lael Collins, um, getting Alex Kappa. I think you know were two two great additions. Um, but you know, I still want to say that I I think, especially you know now that you have Collins, I still think taking a guard in the first round would be like good for them if. Zion Johnson or Kenyon Green is there. Like I I think still adding pieces to the line is is uh, going to be important for them. and uh, But but overall, so far, uh, pleased with what the Bengals did on, on the offensive line. But I still would say it's a, it's a need going into the draft. Yeah, I agree for what it's worth. I think it's awesome what they did. And I, I think that for them to double down as much as they can would probably be uh, the smart, smart move for them. Um, I think they probably could use a little bit of help on the defensive side of the ball. But we saw how they performed last year. Basically retained everybody. Um I think that, you know, and especially along the offensive line, a lot of injuries happen. You can never kind of predict that stuff. So I think it's really good for them to kind of double down, have depth. Uh, they signed Karras and Kappa, obviously Collins too. So just just reinforcing that line and, and making sure that, that Burrow stays healthy, I think is the most important thing for them. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, any uh, teams you boys want to shout out here? Interesting needs, needs that have changed. Well, I think um, – uh, I was going to mention the Cowboys, man, as a team that uh, lost out on Randy Gregory, also lost to Mari Cooper. Um, and I think Edge, obviously, and Edge Rusher is, is a pretty big need for them now just because I think having another guy that they kind of can play across from Demarcus Lawrence will just free up Micah, Micah Parsons. And you don't really – I think that's part of what made Parsons so special last year because you had a guy like Gregory – and Lawrence on the field a lot of the times, and you had a lot more freedom with Parsons. But uh, so yeah, I, I think that was a, a need worth worth mentioning. And they lost Lael Collins and Connor Williams, so this team has lost a lot of good players uh, over the span. And they were disappointing last year, and were a really talented team on paper. And they've lost, you know, four of their four of their dudes, or at least three of their dudes, in Cooper, uh, Williams, and Lael Collins. So. Cowboys got some. Uh, got to hit the. Got to hit the tape. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't really have anyone particularly in mind right now. Cool. <laughs> I, I did want to say. I will say, as as a Steelers homer, outside of the Trubisky signing, I actually really like what the Steelers have done, reinforcing the offensive line a little bit. 
Um, making some kind of depth depth signings on defense and then bringing in Miles Jack, I think was an awesome move for them. Um, I think they're kind of just going back to their ways of, of kind of like Steelers culture, hard-nosed football. Um, so I think that those moves are pretty good. I also just want to say uh, Pittsburgh is, is kind of underrated now. I, as a guy who's been hating on Pittsburgh, uh, I think – they're, I guess right now I'm looking, they're plus 850 to win the AFC North right now. And I think that's kind of crazy because this is a team that has almost won the division uh, two years in a row now with Ben Roethlisberger, who I thought at the very best was the 30th best quarterback in the league. So if Trubisky is at that level or if they get a rookie, which I think they will, and I mean, who knows? I just think that's a lot for a guy Mike Tomlin. They haven't had a losing season since 2003. Um so I think just to pony off your uh, your Pittsburgh point, I think they're kind of underrated now, and it's, that's a team that I've been kind of hating on for at least three years of uh, this podcast. So um, yeah, I think that's an interesting angle. I think you know if you were to take them, your hope, I guess, if you make that bet, you'd be hoping that Deshaun Watson's like just suspended for at least half the season, and yeah. then you know then obviously you're kind of leaning into some regression from Cincinnati. You know, Baltimore still maybe struggling a little bit, and then well, Pitts- what, Pittsburgh overperforming. Yeah, like what do you guys? What would you put Pittsburgh win total at right now? Nine, probably seven. I, I don't know. I'd go like seven and a half, eight. Yeah, I, I'd go closer. I'd go like eight and a half or nine. I think they're better this year than they were last year. So, um, well then, I mean, yeah, if you're Mitch putting stinks, them- guys. Mitch is bad. <laughs> Yeah, Mitch is bad, but like Roethlisberger was awful. I agree with Tommy. Yeah. And like I, I'm totally down with fading the 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 like, oh, you don't bet on uh on bad quarterbacks or whatever. Cause because there is your eyes get big looking at the other quarterbacks in this division, like, oh man, they're so much better than Trubisky. They're so much better than Trubisky, and they are. But then if you look at it from a standpoint of the coaching is up to par in Pittsburgh, in my opinion. You know, you got some of the best coaches in the NFL in Pittsburgh, you got a great defense that's been performing really well. You've got a great kind of culture, and for whatever that's worth, like Tommy was saying, you haven't had a losing season in Tomlin's tenure. Um, and, you know, kind of crazy stuff yeah. happens during an NFL season, and I think that – I like that point, Tommy. I think 850 on a division ticket for Pittsburgh, they will be in the mix for the division week 13, week 14, I think. I don't think any one of these teams is going to necessarily start running away with the division um, before you know before the halfway point of the season or anything like that. So I do think it's kind of an interesting take, um, and I think they're going to be competitive each week. Lee, did you want to throw out some of your uh, draft props? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the, the the number moved slightly, and it's it is still a long shot, but. Uh, I still like Chris Olave to be the first receiver selected at 30 to one. Um, I understand that the likelihood of him being the first receiver drafted isn't very high, but I still think that he brings a unique skill set to the table and it's kind of anyone's guess who's going to be the first receiver taken. I've seen a lot of people be wrong about this before when it comes to, you know, speed, the, man, speed, it always like John Ross, Henry Ruggs, exactly, right? Man. Speed, yep. And the consensus was Judy and they went rugs. And what was it like? La- I mean, every year it seems like a receiver kind of comes out of the woodwork and it's like, Oh man, we didn't really expect that guy to go, uh, you know, that high and, and, and ultimately it ends up working out that way. So I don't know. I just think that that that's just too tasty of a number on FanDuel at 30 to one to just throw a little bit on for Olave. 
Um, and then I'm, I'm interested in laying a little bit more juice on this. I want to see what you guys think. Over two and a half quarterbacks to be drafted in the first round on DraftKings is minus 185. Um, I think that there's going to be three quarterbacks drafted in the first round. It doesn't really, you know, I'm, I'm trying to take my ego out of the situation this year because last year I kind of got burned making draft bets based on what I thought should happen, not what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. To me, it seems to be like Willis is going to go in the first round. That's the, like that's going to happen. And then it's like one of, or sorry, excuse me, two of Ritter, Coral, Pickett. Howell. Howell. So you've got four other guys that are, you know. I, I also, I don't know if Adam and I talked about on this last uh, pod, but I, I think Pickett's a lock for the first round. I so think if, Willis and Pickett are both locks. If, if, if there's two locks, you're basically betting that there's going to be a, a team that takes a quarterback that we don't expect, yeah. which I think at minus 185 is an incredible bet. And also look at kind of what the Packers did with Jordan Love. Like teams trading back into the first round to take a quarterback also I think is uh, probably a live situation as well. And, I, and it didn't, totally didn't happen man. last year, but it happened the year before. So. Well, and, and, and Adam, you might want to cover your ears. I think the Lions are live to take a quarterback at 32 if there's a guy they like yeah. there. I think the Titans I, are live to yeah. take a quarterback at 26 if there's a guy they like there. You know, the Steelers obviously could get creative. They have the 20th pick. I wouldn't necessarily rule out, you know, I don't know, a team like the Texans taking a quarterback if they maybe like a guy and are being quiet about it. You know, I know they like Davis Mills, but it's not like – I don't think they necessarily think he's the future of their franchise at this point. The Seahawks are obviously are an interesting spot. Washington, um, you know, I think there are some interesting interesting angles here. So, uh, over two say, and a half quarterbacks to me, I'll lay the juice there. Yeah, I did listen to a uh, a Texans team mock from one of their guys who's he's 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 Tom Senior's age. He's in he's he's been doing it since nineteen he nineteen seventy uh, you know five or something like that. And he was saying that uh, they are not taking a quarterback. They're fully in on Davis Mills, and they're they're trying to they haven't named him the starter yet because they're trying to create this this yeah. smokescreen that they potentially could be in the quarterback market. But uh, supposedly the the sentiment in the building is is very high on Davis Mills, so. As they should be, I, I might add. I'm not. I'm not I want to say too. I'm, uh, Tommy and I talked about taking a quarterback at 32 when we did our our two two first round picks plus mock. Um, it's not something I'm like opposed to. I prefer it over like taking them taking a guy like second overall. Um, I still don't want it though. So just wanted to put that out there. I'm glad that you put that on the record, Clep. I, I, th- I think it's I think it's a possibility though, like you were saying. Yeah, right? I mean, I, mean, I did- think I think it's I think to me I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum where I think that would be ideal for the Lions if a guy like Carson Strong is available at 32, which he probably will be. I would love that pick. Um, over one and a half safeties to be taken in the first round is minus 160. I think it's obviously a lock that Hamilton will go, so I, you're basically just betting that one other safety will be taken. I kind of like the under there. I mean, think about to that. last year how Morig was like a lock for the first round, supposedly. Yeah, that's he true. Just, like, I just want to get on my soapbox about Jaquan Brisker. I think he's an incredible player. I think ultimately he's probably a better safety than Kyle Hamilton. I know that's a, that's a controversial Whoa. take right now, but I think that he's, he's more of an NFL fit. He's more dynamic. He can play on the outside. Um, was a was a leader on that defense at Penn State. A really good defense. I really like Brisker as a player. I think that he is a first round talent for sure, uh, and a playmaker and a guy who will. I think his name is going to. So you're going to start to hear his name more as a first round player the closer we get to the draft. 
That is true, though, Clef. That's a lot of juice to lay after seeing what happened with Morig last year. I also I think it, I would make that bet if Daxon Hill is classified as a safety, but I think he's going to be a corner. I think it kind of comes down to stuff like that because I don't think Ber- uh, Berkser or Scene. Uh, I just don't. I I completely agree with Adam. I just think the NFL doesn't value safeties. That's why my Skype went out. I don't know if you guys talked about the Kyle Hamilton prop that we all uh, talked about, but that's a lot of the reasons why I like Kyle Hamilton over six and a half at plus one ten is because. You know, if he gets back past Detroit and Houston, I don't think that the Jets or the Giants. I think the Jets and the Giants probably take tackles there. I think or go. I mean, yeah, that's just kind of what I think. I know because I think the Panthers are going to be in the quarterback or, or tackle market. So at six, so I, you know, that's another bet that I know we all like, but has stuck out to me. Especially it's minus one forty for him to go under six and a half. So maybe you know, there's there's a lot of buzz out there about him doing that, but uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, I think that pretty much wraps it up. I mean, I like Jordan Davis to go under 13 and a half, uh, even money on FanDuel. Uh, Clep and I already kind of talked about that, the potential of him being a top 10 pick. Um, we talked about already laying the, laying the juice on, on Malik Willis being the first quarterback selected. The number was a lot, a lot better. Um, a while ago. You know, a while ago. What do you guys think about Stingley? 12 and a half, unders even. Over minus one thirty. I would go over for sure. He he to me just seems like a. I think teams. I think Sauce will go before him. I I and, agree that Sauce probably will go before him, but I just think like t- comparing him to Jordan Davis. There's a, a Jordan Davis is thirteen and a half. Stingley's twelve and a half. Like I'd be way more confident taking Stingley to go in the top ten than Jordan Davis. I wouldn't at this point. Stingley no. has like character concerns and uh, foot. A Liz Frank, and hasn't really played first round football since he was 18 or whatever. And I think it's a red flag when a guy doesn't opt out and then plays like he wanted to opt out. Like to me, that's that's a concern, and I don't think that's going to sit well with a lot of NFL people. Um, Stingley's a guy who I think could drop, you know, into the 20s. What do you guys think of the the buzz around like Trevon Walker now? potentially going two. I mean, he's the odds-on favorite to go two to the Lions. He's now, like, moved above Kayvon. Like, Kayvon just continues to, to fall. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I like Trevon Walker. I think he – I like his tape, but I think he's – Concerning to me. He's not as fin- – I, I think Thibodeau is – has a equally high ceiling if you want to grant the, the Trayvon fans, but even a higher floor, too, I think, especially as a pass rusher. I think Walker's really good in the run, but – Kind of has some room to grow as a pass rusher, so. It's just concerning know, when I mean, a guy jumps that high after it's like a combine thing, and then yeah, you look at the fact that he was on a defense with just a ton of great players, and I know I don't want to discredit him for that, but I don't know. Hey, where was he in mocks like in January? Like late first round, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. top twenty, round, top twenty, you know. Pick. Yeah, I'm not. I'm I not mean, it makes it makes sense that. because his tape is like good. He has he has good tape, and he's a freak athlete. And, like, it's it's just some combine stuff, I feel like. When you see those numbers, it definitely – I mean, we've talked about it, man. Like, now with Burks, like, Traylon Burks went from being kind of, like, the consensus number one for a lot of people to he runs a 4-5-5, which is, like, a fine time, and it's not a 4-3. So he kind of is now looking at, like, a back of the first round type of, or, you know, 20 and above type selection, which is kind of mm-hmm. interesting because there was so much so much uh, 
fire around him for the whole kind of pre-combine draft process. Um, I mean, yeah, if, I think I think it's interesting. Like, I mean, it's it's kind of like where where it, you get value on guys and just like focusing on like you know the 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 process always just starts. Like Lee, Lee was texting me just about the you know the quarterback pro days. It's yeah. just like how these kind of just like simulated workouts that these guys have been able to train for for you know weeks and months for all of a sudden start like playing a role and it's just like it's just yeah. focus on the on the film man and 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 it happens every year you know and that's something that I feel like we've been at this now for five years officially um, and and that's something that we see year after year and I kind of wanted to piggyback off that because I'm looking now at Aquanu and Evan Neal and. Vegas thinks that they're both three and a half, and Vegas has a Quanu a, a slotted ahead yep. of Evan Neal, which I think is kind of interesting. And to to piggyback off that point you just made, Adam, I think there's some value on Evan Neal because he didn't he didn't do anything at the combine. Aquanu obviously had a really good combine, and Evan Neal's pro day, I believe, is coming up, and he's going to be doing drills and all that. And there was so much uh, media fever or fervor, whatever the word is, around his body and just how he looked as a 337-pound man and how it was this unprecedented body type for someone to be that lean and, like, rocked up despite being 337 pounds. And he's most likely going to destroy, uh, the you know, the, his pro day in the athletic testing because he's a freak athlete. He was a five-star recruit, whatever it is. So um, that's something that kind of – and we talk about, you know, where he was in January is kind of like he went into that number one pick conversation is now kind of – on the back burner, I think you could kind of see his stock reignited uh, from that upcoming Bama Pro Day. Yeah, I think now's a good time to take Evan Neal, first offensive lineman drafted at plus 115. Basically, yep. just head-to-head head head with, with EK. Um, I'll take that bet. I, I think Evan Neal is, 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 you know, I don't know. I think that's probably still around the coin flip. I know a lot of pe- a lot of these teams like uh, Iquan Kwu because he's, you know, Apparently turned down a bunch of Ivy League offers. Like really smart guy. Um, best. A lot of people would say he's the best. He's like the best run blocker to come out in like a wise, like a Quinn Nelson level. Yeah. yeah. Well, run blocker, yeah. Which... I, yeah. But Evan Neal was kind of the guy everyone was talking about the whole time. I don't know. I just think plus one fifteen. I'll I'll uh, kind of ignore the media buzz for now, and say that you know that's more of a coin flip than people may think. Um, well, and Aquanu, uh, Aquanu over three and a half is is even money. Which is kind of interesting. You're basically yeah. saying that the Lions or the Texans don't draft him, or the Jaguars, I guess. Which I, I guess still that's wouldn't the rule same. That out. I still wouldn't rule that like, out. Like, what would you? Uh, I don't know. Maybe we can we can fry our brains with some math right here. Like, what is the better <laughs> what is the better bet? Aquanu over three and a half, or Evan Neal first uh, first lineman taken at plus one fifteen, so fifteen cents more. You know, I, I don't. I've it's got to be yeah. over three and a half, right? Because I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, I guess should, I guess you're cutting out you're cutting power. out like a bunch of possibilities like that. I'm just surprised that that Equanu's line is at three, or that both of their lines are at three because I just don't see. I guess maybe it's Jacksonville, but Jacksonville seems like they're locked to take Hutchinson, and the Lions aren't going to take a tackle. Yep. I don't know if like the, like the idea of like both of those guy guys going top three seems extremely unlikely to me. Yeah, yeah. I. I, I agree, man. But then, you know, maybe a team like the, you know, the Panthers or the Falcons, like, trade up to two to get, you, you know, their first, you know, like a team 
that are the are the, you know the, I I would say like the Panthers right are looking and seeing Houston New York and both New York teams are probably live to take a tackle. Clef, yep. I'm I'm gonna ask you because I want to know what you think about this. Um, what do you think the likelihood is that the Lions take uh, Kayvon at two if Hutchinson goes one? I mean, like on uh, to me that would be like the pick. Yeah. Um, but just based on what you see online, he's like plus a thousand. Yeah, he's plus a thousand. So it's just like I don't know how much stock to put in that. You know, I think at least last year, like the Lions were pretty. Um, there wasn't much that came out of you know for in terms of leaks. Like, uh, I don't want to big brain this I, too hard, but I feel like this this it could be an interesting bet to make right now because. Yeah the whole Lions culture thing is totally a thing. Like like the Dan Campbell, Brad Holmes, we're bringing in the new culture, Motor City, you know, that whole kind of thing. And I think it, it's, it kind of could go both ways with Kayvon where it's like either it's like we don't want that guy, he doesn't fit the culture, he's a me player, or mm-hmm. we're shutting out all the outside noise and this guy's a total ass kicker and we don't really care what the media thinks about him because in the conversations we've had with him, he fits what we want to do, and he's a great football player. Yeah. And then you also have, and this is a big brain, but and tell me if I'm taking this too far, you have Sewell, who you drafted last year, and you got to wonder, you know, is he saying like, hey, in practice last year, this guy's like, you know, he's a real deal. Yeah. You know? I I think, I, I mean, they'd be stupid not to ask him. Yeah. You got to ask him. You know, he's, he played on the same team. What's he like in the locker room? You know? Yeah, good point. Yeah. Um, so I'm thinking, you know, I'm looking at 10 to 1 on Thibodeau and I'm seeing everyone talk about Trayvon Walker. I don't yeah. care what people think about I care about what the Lions think about Trayvon Walker. You know what I'm saying? Like and and all it takes for me is if we're going to take an edge, do you like Kayvon or do you like Trayvon Walker because the media seems to like Trayvon Walker more, but that doesn't mean that Holmes and Campbell do. And I yeah. think that the the difference of plus 700 odds between those two players if we're if we're speaking in the realm that we're not taking Kyle Hamilton and we're not taking a tackle or Willis, which is a whole other conversation, but we're taking an edge, I think you can talk yourself into the fact that Kayvon is a good bet and that a lot of the reason why this number is coming down, you can get value on it because the conversation around Kayvon is is that he's not, you know, he doesn't want it enough. When in reality, all that really matters is what does Brad Holmes and, and Dan Campbell think. What is what is Kayvon's over or under? It's five like- and a half with heavy juice to the over. Mm. Really? Yeah. At this point, yeah. So they, so so Vegas, I guess, still believes he's going top five. No, no. they they think he's gonna go. Oh. They think he's gonna go uh, over, over top five. What is it? Minus one eighty five on MGM over five and a half. So minus one sixty. So, so, so you're right. You're right. It's plus one. Or no, what am I talking about? Yeah, they think he's yeah. gonna go over over the fifth pick. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's juice on the under. And I also. I also think how he could not be in play for the Jets too. I think is you know, and I guess the I guess the Giants have maybe a, a bigger need at offensive line, and the you know, the Jets have Houston Carl needs Lawson. a pass rusher. Yeah, completely, man, completely. And and, and it kind of goes to our point too that we were like texting about that like, what about just taking best player available? I mean, you're picking in the top ten. Your team sucks. Well, the guy's not doing himself any favors by 
by no. comparing himself to Jadavian Clowney and by kind of being an asshole. Yeah. You know, nobody likes that. But at the end of the day, it really only takes one team to to draft a guy like that. And then look at this, man. I'm on Fox Bet. Kayvon Thibodeau's odds to be the third overall pick is plus 250. How does that make sense? There's some discrepancies here. There's some discrepancies, also, man. I also think it's, yeah. it's, you know, I don't necessarily know this, but like draft props, like the markets that Vegas makes aren't really based on like team intel. They're based on like the same information that we're getting. Yes. You know, like, so... I think under five and a half is interesting for Kayvon. I think under five and a half is, is, is a good bet, man, at plus 130 I'm looking at right I now. I think if you're going to take under five and a half, you may as well sprinkle on, and on FanDuel. Now, this is interesting, too. On Fox Bet, you got plus 250 for Kayvon to be the number three overall pick. FanDuel's plus 1,000. So for, for the third overall pick? For the third overall pick. So That's I'm just crazy. saying, crazy. sprinkle a little fairy dust on Kayvon to go two and to go three and the under five and a half and kind of see where yeah. you land there. Yeah. Yeah. What about, uh, it's weird that they're both, that they're so different. That's 750. Yeah. Is lane is lane minus minus one ninety on no running backs taken in the first round. A good bet. I don't think so. I don't think so because I don't think a running back will go Tommy, but I do think that you're going to start getting Brees Hall, Jonathan Taylor comparisons. And there could be what? What are we going to see at the end of the first round? The Bills. Yeah. The Bills. Like outside the Bills. You don't think the Bills are going to are, are 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 going to be interested in maybe taking a running back? But I think it kind of is like the Bills, and that's it. And I think the Bills are a smart organization, and I don't think they're gonna. I just yeah. don't think they're gonna draft a running back. And minus one ninety, it's like that probably should be minus three hundred at least in my mind. Like. I don't know. So yeah. that, that's kind of like you talked about over two and a half quarterbacks. What is that? Like minus 185. It's kind of like the same. I just, and yeah. for some similar reason, and I feel like you kind of have to do that at some point, but Lana, also, you, you also can't rule out teams trading into the end of the first round and taking a running back. I would be, uh, I would be, I mean, that's just such a, I mean, you know, a lot of people would, that's just a bad move. So I, I, and I, and you know, we had Najee last year. Um, Clyde, obviously the year before, I guess Josh Jacobs the year before that, like there has been one running back taken in the first round in the last three drafts, but I, I just know, like, man, I think Brees, I think Brees Hall is a really enticing prospect. Yeah, I, I agree with you, but it's just like, we knew not Najee and the Steelers were like, we were saying all right, the Steelers are going to take Najee like around this time last year. Like that was something we all, you know, kind of sure. knew. I mean, who, who would be some interesting landing spots? I mean, you're looking later when, Man, Tampa, that'd be crazy. But Tampa just paid. I would that. go. I would go as. I would go far enough to say if Brees Hall will be on the board at twenty five, and if the Bills are picking, they're going to take him. That would. I just. I. I. Yeah. Then you should bet. On, you got compl- get plus one thirty five on. I one might even go even. Him. I might even go when when the props come out for specific teams. I might even do that. I just think that. I think that's a win now move for Buffalo. Uh, well, then they'll be in the same position Kansas City is in two years. I don't think you can like. I don't do think they're going to do that, man. Position Kansas City. They're going to because Bruce Hall's good. Yeah, but you're going to have Josh out. They have other needs too. Like, why not take a receiver when you have 
Stephon Diggs and uh, you got Davis. Gabe Davis. You got Gabe yeah, you Davis. have two you receivers. You have two receivers. You have two receivers. You have two receivers. You they Dawson Knox. Yeah, they got they got my boy OJ Howard too. Like you can draft a receiver in the second round. Could you not draft a running back in the second round? Well, Tommy, if not, if you think Brees Hall is by far and away the best running back in the draft, and you're not going to be able to get him in the second round, that's the whole point. I know, but this is just shades of the Najee conversation. It's just like <laughs> I, I don't think like I think the like getting Michael Carter in the fourth round versus getting Brees Hall in the first round or uh, Najee Harris in the first round. Or I'm even not even your saying what I pick. think, dude. I'm saying what I think could happen. I know, but when has but like Buffalo like they just have they could have done that last year with Javante like in the in the first round like they could like they're another organization that I think is going even if that's true and, I, and there have already think, been reports out of Buffalo that they really like Brees Hall and that they want to get a running back in the draft like that's a, that's a thing that it, those reports have come out you can look them up that's the reason why yeah, some beat reporter those. was saying. Duke Johnson might get cut because Buffalo still wants to add to the running back room because they obviously they've proven that they don't they don't like Zach Moss and I don't think Devin Singletary really moves the needle very much for them. So if they think they can get a guy who's a three down back who's really good and just can add another component to that offense, I think that they could I think that they might do it. I'm not even saying I would do it necessarily. I'm just saying that I wouldn't really be surprised because Buffalo's in a position where I think they're going to kind of put all their chips in the center. And it, it, Maybe it's a bad pick now, but if you can get a guy who's a high-caliber running back for three years or four years, like that might be the thing that changes your offense or, or makes that little shift in your offense to make it that much better. I don't know. Um, I wouldn't rule it out necessarily. Yeah, I, I would be I'd be shocked. I think that should be my, like minus 300, like I said. So I... And I think it does kind of come down to Buffalo. I don't think Tampa or I agree. You know, the, you know it I kind agree of comes down that. to Buffalo, Detroit, Cincinnati. You know, all these teams are yeah. kind of set. I think like Atlanta and Miami. You know, Houston. Those are teams that could kind of use a running back, and all are picking at. I guess Miami isn't anymore, but you know. Um, so yeah, I think that's interesting. Throwing throwing two Bennies to make one Benny on that kind of entices me. I think I'd rather just put that money on Malik to go be first QB. What is that at right now? Minus 200. It's minus 170 in some spots. Yeah. The thing is, though, like, what if, and I, I obviously agree with you, but I think the likelihood of Malik kind of falling to six and the Panthers taking Pickett over him, and there's already these connections with Pickett, which may be true or not, I think, like, that is more likely to me than the Bills taking a running back. You know, you're still kind of playing a roulette if Malik isn't the number one quarterback for some teams, which I think certainly has to be the case. I think the most likely of them all is over two quarterbacks in the first round. Yeah, that I mean, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, should I mean, we? How about there. how about how about this, Lee? Lee, do you want to? Which ones do we want to write down? We'll see when we do this little mock here. We'll see what happens. Okay. See see what props hit, huh? And I think I think we should put Buffalo in the seat to see what players would be on the board as opposed to Brees Hall. All right. Or any or any running back or Kenneth Walker or, or whomever. Um, Tommy, you uh, what do you think of doing uh, doing the mock on PFF this time? Switching it up, maybe get a little different uh, variations. Get it how, how is the how is the PFF mock system? Is it good? I, I like, like the it. PFF mock system. I like it. Okay. I know Lee's not gonna like it. PFF stupid. 
Do you want? Should we do it on the Draft Network or PFF, or is there a different site we can do it? The Mock Simulator. Well, you guys did the. You guys can choose. I mean, you did the Draft Network last time. I'm assuming. Yeah. So if you want to get a yeah. different result, I guess All PFF. Right. But I think the Draft Network is better. Let's do the Draft Network. Okay. We'll go back to the well. Shout out TDN. Uh oh, I thought Tommy. I thought you froze. All right, he's back. I'm back. Maybe you were just being extremely. Uh, I was. I was. I was reading. I'm just looking at these, man. I'm telling you, man. The Jets at plus twenty two hundred to win the AFC East, man. Oh my! Throw ten God. bucks on that. Just burn your money. <laughs> Jesus. I'll just take you back to Cincinnati last year. You have a team, you're, you know. You're. you're... You have an emotional sway with the Jets that you're just not ready. No, I'm saying it's a that's an insane number, dude. That is an insane number. Is it really though? Like because the Panthers, because the Panthers and the Bills, the, the, the Patriots and the over the span yeah. of a, of a 17 game season are going to have a better record than the Bills, the Patriots, and the Dolphins. The, the reason the reason that line all of those teams the, twice. The le- the reason that line is what it is is because uh, the Bills are the consensus like best team in the NFL and Super Bowl favorite. And because the and Jets I just are think, objectively the worst team in that division and haven't won more yes, than four games in like a decade. I, yeah, it's a it's a pure numbers thing. Like the Lions are plus twelve hundred. Like the you know Carolina's plus yeah, eleven hundred. The NFC North is a tire fire. But like in the same, it's the same logic with like obviously I'm not saying that the 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 Patriots and now I guess you could say the Dolphins aren't strong, but like Tampa and Green Bay, I think are. Pretty like pretty damn good teams, and you're essentially like it's the same kind of variance and bad luck with like the Bills. So like if the Bills don't have a if the Bills aren't going to win the division, if I told you now the Bills aren't going to win the division, then you're essentially like and it just obviously you guys don't like Zach Wilson, but if Zach Wilson is the second best quarterback in that division next year, which I know you guys don't think is likely, but if that happens, if you just grant me that, then that's just like some pretty crazy odds. They're the same as Houston to win the division. I just think like. That number's off. It should be plus twelve hundred, plus fifteen hundred, or something like that. I'd rather bet on Houston just because. Yeah, yeah fair I enough. I think that number's. I think right I think you can make an argument. I think you can make an argument for Houston. into betting on the Jets to win the division. <laughs> All right, can you got we got the screen share going? You guys ready? Yep. Um, oh, do we want to draft teams or do we want to brain trust it all? I feel like drafting teams would be would be best. Yeah, let's draft. Let's draft teams. Okay. Um, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're going to. Um, am I, you know, am I in this, or am I just yeah. pontificating? Yeah, you're in it. You're in it. We'll, we'll brain trust the Detroit. Um, Lee, Lee, we'll give you the first pick, and we'll snake it. All right? Or do you want? Um, the so Seahawks, right? Or are we doing teams with two, two plus first rounders? I don't um, think Seattle has that. Just oh, who, who's the other team then? The Giants. Got it. Sorry. Yikes. Jeez. Okay, yeah, we're set. Boy, this is this is intense. I guess I'll take the Eagles because they have three picks. Cool. So that'll be fun. I'll take the Jets. Okay. Um I'll grab uh Houston and, and Green Bay. I'll take the Chiefs. I get the Giants. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, baby. All right. Yeah. That was going to be my other pick. Yeah. <laughs> I got that worked out. NFC East. 
Leave yeah. the NFC East, man. Got the NFC East. All right. I'm about to draft three quarterbacks for the Eagles. <laughs> Kidding. I'm about to give. Uh, yeah, I I wanted to give like the Packers Malik last time we did this. Yeah. All right. Hutch goes off the board. Uh, is this going to – I mean, last time, I don't think much has changed for you, Tommy. Last time, Tommy and I brain-trusted uh, Kayvon. So this is our pick. Yeah, this is the collective. We're, we're brain-trusting the Lions. So, yeah, I mean, on paper, I would for sure agree with you guys. I just – the character concerns do uh, – they are – you know, they do concern me. Um, but, but, I, but I'm not going to give any pushback because – we're kind of speaking under the under the context that you know this is. This We've is called up Penny Sewell. Yeah, exactly. And and we Shut feel up. good about it. Yeah. Should we pick someone who's not Kayvon and brain trust that or no? Let's let's try doing that. I think that's an interesting experiment. You guys already picked Kayvon last time. We kind of know. Let's okay. say the let's say the off the field concerns are legitimate. He's okay. off the board. And and, He's he, off. and he shows up high to the interview. <laughs> Let's say he shows up high to the interview. So we're, he's, he's, we've crossed him off the board. Oh, my God. I guess I'm taking Kyle Hamilton, but I know Lee's not going to like that. I'm, so. I'm, mm. I'm standing on the table in disagreement. Yeah. yeah. I'm standing on the table. I would even go as far to say I'd rather draft Ahmad Gardner than, than Kyle Hamilton, even with the cornerback room being the way that it is. Yeah. Um, boy, this is interesting because you don't want to overdraft, you know, but I find myself kind of scrolling. I don't know yeah, about you guys. Because yeah. we're not going tackle here, right? You know. I mean, like, that's where I would just say, like, do you just take the tackle and then, like, trade, like, Taylor Decker? I don't want the number two pick to put me in a position where my hands are tied, you know? Yep, that's I agree. But, but, but going off of, like, best player available, man, like, am I really going to take, like, a corner – over like Neil or Aquanu. Yeah. I think I think right now I think I would have to take Evan Neal, man. I think the idea of having Penne Sewell and Evan Neal, who are like the two freakiest offensive tackle prospects in, you know, some time, and the idea of them bookending the Lions for the next ten years, I think is is pretty enticing. Um, but I think, you know, you can make an argument with for Hamilton just because of how versatile he is and how they need help like all over their defense and yeah, and specifically can, at safety. Yeah. And he can play some linebacker too, some weak side linebacker and, and be like a matchup guy. So this kind of comes back to like the Isaiah Simmons logic. I'm not saying that Hamilton and him are, but it's the same kind of problem that you're presented with. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. The value of the draft is that if you're not taking cave on and I understand like not like, I'm not like sold on Kyle Hamilton at two, the it, it's are you taking Trayvon Walker or are you taking one of the two tackles? I like Jermaine Johnson more than Trayvon Walker, man. Uh, but I don't think I would take him at two. Like I think there's yeah. some better prospects on the board. I mean, I would consider taking George Karloftis, but <laughs> that's just me. We gotta we gotta put some semblance of this. Isn't the completely what would I do? Yeah. We gotta put some semblance of of where these guys are. I'm getting sorted out. Absolutely. I mean, I guess I guess I'd go Trayvon Walker then. I mean, Tommy likes Johnson better, um, so I mean, I'm not going to push back too hard about that. I'm not going to get back on the table, but 
I think you got to go edge here. If, if you're not going to go Evan Neal, which I don't really want to do because you do have Taylor Decker. And, you know, if you can't trade back, you know, you got to you got to take Walker or Johnson. You got to take an edge. How, you know, how far back would you guys be willing to go? And what would it take for you to move out of two? Because the Lions, especially if, you know, say say this is the case, Hutchinson's off the board and Kayvon is, they're not going to take him at two because of either they just have him ranked lower or they, they have concerns about him as a, as a player, um, uh, like with the off-the-field stuff, re- I mean, where are you going to go back to? What would you be willing to take to, to go back? I was just going to say, I don't think, like, I would entertain everything if I'm the Lions. Like, I don't, you know, at this point, like, you don't, you're not going to take Hutchinson or Thibodeau, and your main uh, needs are kind of along the defense, receiver, and QB. So, you know, if Philadelphia wants to come up and give give us 15 and – 16 or whatever, or 16 and 19 to take two and maybe some more picks. Like, I just think the way this draft kind of rolls out where a lot of these players, it's kind of a, a pick your flavor type of draft, like them getting even more picks to an awful roster and just increasing their chances of hitting on those yeah. picks. I mean, I totally are, is, agree. Is, incre- is incredibly valuable. I'd be an like, easy trade here. Like I, I'd take, I'd take a, a fairly, you know, average offer and, and it, uh, you know I guess what I'm trying yeah. to say is it wouldn't take a, a bag for me to move back yeah you know if you can get an extra second round pick from you know like if the Giants the, wanted to give me or you know I guess the Giants wouldn't be pushing too hard to move up but if a team wanted want to, to take Evan Neal if they want to give me like seven in a in a second round pick you know I'm, I'm all over that um, I think for I think we should take Walker here I'm with you because because I, th- I think it's it's it, it bridges a nice little gap of like yeah fair um, enough it also the could happen show that Tommy wanted uh, Jermaine Johnson and but this, this you know I don't think Jermaine Johnson will go too there's a chance Trayvon Walker does so who's got Houston Kleptis. that's that's me all right that's me um I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna stick and pick Evan Neal here yeah. Tommy on the clock with the uh, the Jets. I'm taking Thibodeau, man. This is usually an Aquanu spot for me. I think they still can afford to add to that that offensive line, but edge is a huge need, and the fact that Thibodeau falls here to the Jets at four, um, I think that's a slam dunk. Robert Sala, Robert Sala with Thibodeau, I think is that could that's like his best landing spot. So now the New York Giants are on the. Board, the first pick of the, the Brian Dable era. Um, some major issues at the right tackle position with Matt Pert not quite being the player that we thought he would be. Uh, and, you know, Andrew We're out on Matt Pert officially? I mean, I like Matt Pert as a depth guy. I don't think he's the guy who's going to bookend the, the offensive line there for for Daniel Jones, we want to keep Daniel Jones upright. The guy nearly broke his neck last year. Um, my boy Andrew Thomas has been performing a little bit better quietly over the past couple of years. We're very happy that he's kind of starting to show that he he was he was he was perhaps worth that that you know top five pick we took him with a couple of years ago. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and take Equanwu here. Equanwu. Um, Equanwu. 
just to, to bookend that offensive line um, and get two good tackles in there. Give Saquon a chance, baby. Yeah, I really like Charles Cross too, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the chalk pick here. Cross just went to the to the Panthers, and you're back up, Lee. Oh, really? Yep. The Panthers opt to not take a quarterback, and <clears throat> who do I need here? You need me to do any scrolling here for you? Um, no, I got my own little thing up here. Okay. I think corner surely is a con- is in the conversation yeah, for the Giants. I I edge think so, well. Tommy. I think edge edge or corner is kind of where I'm looking. Um, I'm gonna take Sauce. I think he's a really good player. I'm comfortable taking him at seven here. I think he's a top ten talent. I think. You guys think good. receiver is at all in the conversation? I just don't think they have the luck. Like yeah. they they could they could benefit from taking a receiver, but do they really have the luxury of doing that with? Their cornerback room, and you took a receiver in the first round last year. You paid Galladay a ton of money. You got to kind of hope that the receivers are going to improve by virtue of Dable coming in, and, and and you know him and Mike Kafka being able to cook something up offensively. So I'm going to take Sauce right. here. There's, Sauce. there's there's trade talks with Bradbury. Um, I think I think Gardner comes in and he's your best corner from day one. So T Bone Seahawks <laughs> Hamilton and Stingley go. Yep, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. <coughs> so this is interesting. Um, now Cross Cross is gone, so that, that takes off um, a tackle for me. And would love, you know, Jermaine Johnson, I obviously love the player, but it is kind of enticing to think about double dipping and taking Jermaine Johnson and Thibodeau and, and turning this pass rush really into a strength. Um, corners in need, but I, I'm gonna help out uh, I'm gonna help out Zach Wilson. And I'm gonna I'm gonna draft uh, Drake London here. It's a great pick. I'm gonna take Drake London, and you got Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, and Drake London. Um, let's go to work. And Denzel Mims. And Denzel Mims. <laughs> Brass Houston, and Darius, perhaps. Houston is up. Um, this was kind of my my strategy here. I, I'm I'm thinking I'm not sure exactly what I'm gonna do here, but I was thinking. I think one of these D linemen that I like is going to be here at 13 as opposed to to a tackle. Um, hey, man, I'm going to take Jordan Davis. Yeah, baby. Let's mm. get it, it, it cracking. Thought about Jermaine, but I don't know. We'll, we'll, go, we'll go Jordan. Jermaine's sliding a little bit. No, he just goes to the, to the Ravens. All right, now I got two consecutive picks with the Philadelphia Eagles here. Tommy and I hit it out of the park with the Eagles, so you got to, you know. We did. You got some big shoes to fill. I got some big shoes to fill. That's good to know. The pressure's on. Um, Goodness. All right. The D-line is getting old. Um, You know, players like Ryan Kerrigan and Brandon Graham aren't necessarily in their prime anymore. So I'm going to take one of my favorite players in the draft, and that's George Karloftis. Uh, the edge rusher from Purdue. You guys laughing at me? Well, we got Karloftis last time. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think it's a good fit. And then I'm going to turn around here. And I'm going to put the ball in Jalen Hurts' hands. And I'm going to take Traylon Burks mm. out of Arkansas to accompany Devonta Smith and effectively kick Jalen Rager to the curb. Hey, could have told you that was coming. Exactly. 
All right, Malik Willis goes to the Saints. Good I think fit. that's the first, the first quarterback to go in this draft. I mean, this this happened the, pretty much the same way, except Malik didn't even – no one even went. The last time Tommy and I did this mock league, uh, all the quarterbacks were on the board at 32 when the, when the Lions picked. Um, what – I mean – do you think that this is a realistic possibility, or do you that 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 would never happen slide? on PFF? I'll tell you that that would never happen on PFF. Um, I think a quarterback will for sure go top ten. Yeah, I kind of agree, but for sure. Anyway, Lee, you're back up here. Trevor Penning goes, Malik Willis goes. So I don't probably two guys that you weren't necessarily targeting. So nope. And now the draft network is saying that the interior offensive line is in need, but I don't really agree very much with them about that. I think that the offensive line is... Brandon Brooks retired, and Kelsey is getting older. Kelsey is getting older, but you've still got a pretty pretty good offensive line. Um, Yeah, I guess, you know, I guess you could bolster that that area, but you do need a corner. Um, I know Tommy likes McDuffie a lot. I'm not really sure. I think... You might be in a position here where you just want to take the best corner available. The cornerback room isn't isn't great. I mean, you got Slay; he's getting older, but no one really else that stands out. I like Avante Maddox as a slot guy, but I don't really think that he's necessarily super reliable. Um, hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take uh, Kair Elam from Florida. Hmm as a guy who can be opposite of Slay on the defensive side of the ball. You need a little bit of help there in the secondary. Devontae Wyatt goes. Trent McDuffie goes. I'm up here now with the Green Bay Packers. Board uh, board has really fallen your way, Adam. Board has, has fallen nicely in terms of uh, receiver. Um, could even potentially... Uh, froze. Look at Zion Johnson here uh, on the interior offensive line. Got another pick coming up at uh, 28. So uh, I think I'm going to take advantage of, of just where the, the wide receiver uh, market is right now and, and rip on uh, Chris Olave. Mm. Beautiful. There goes Garrett. Yep, Zion. Oof. Wow. And we're, we're lucky we did it because we're wow. – uh, Sitting here and and there's not a lot of uh, receivers left. There, there was a run there, even Sky Moore going there to to the uh, to the Bucks. That's interesting. Um, you know what, man? I'm a I'm a big uh, I'm a big Christian Watson fan too. Wow. We're gonna, we're gonna double dip. Wow. Clap. Getting Just aggressive. Taking out Kansas City. Who uh, should probably call up Jacksonville and see what the price on LaVisca Chenault is. <laughs> um, well, I'm going to have to take a receiver here, and I'm going to take George Pickens, man. Yeah, baby. I'm going to take George Pickens over a guy like David Bell or, or Meshi. I, I just think with the, uh, with the ceiling there, and, and you know, you got to get the highest ceiling on the board with Pickens, and I think I like him more than Watson, to be honest, at this point. And let me get that full board. <sighs> A lot of really interesting uh, pieces here, but this is this is actually a pretty simple choice for me. It's going to be Daxton Hill, uh, who can play some safety, pair up with Justin Reed, play some uh, some nickel corner, some slot corner, and, and really just help out that secondary. 
uh, gone are the days of, of Daniel Sorensen. So, uh, Tommy, Devin Lloyd's here now for us. He wasn't yeah. there last time. That's I awesome. Like that. You feeling you feeling some Lloyd here, Lee? I love Devin Lloyd. Yep. I don't know why Comes. his stock has dropped. He must have had a bad combine. He ran kind of slow. Yeah, I think that he's guy's a stud. a stud, man. He's a he's stud. Awesome. I think he's awesome. Okay. <clears throat> Whew. That was good, man. That was that was a that was a hearty mock. Hearty mock. Um, want to run through our picks here for uh, Detroit? We brain trusted Trayvon Walker and uh, Devin Lloyd. Any any thoughts, boys? I think that's a success, man. Yeah, I think yeah. it's it's success. I'm not obviously like a we huge all like Trayvon Walker guy, but you know if if, if it's not going to be Thibodeau and you can get a guy who you believe in coming off the edge. It's a good move. For the Texans, I brought in Evan Neal and Jordan Davis. Just two huge men coming to Houston. Trenches. Clep in the trenches with the SEC boys. <laughs> yep. That's a Connor Ryan draft right there. Uh, Tommy, you got Drake London and Kayvon Thibodeau to the Jets. Love it. Uh, Lee, Take you that brought plus 2200, baby, before <laughs> it happens. Lee, you brought in Ike Aquanu and, and Sauce Gardner to the Giants. Uh, how are you feeling about that? I like it a lot. I mean, keep Daniel Jones upright, and then I think the biggest need on the Giants roster is, is arguably corner, so bringing in the best corner in the draft. And then for the Eagles, Tommy, who did we got? We got Karloftis, McDuffie, and who Drake London, Drake I London. Yeah. yeah. So Lee, Lee, kind of going along the same. We're seeing eye to eye in terms of the yep. needs. But Lee, do you want to talk about your little trifecta here that you got? Yeah, I mean, I love Karloftis. Um, I think he's he'd be a great fit in Philly. And then Burks, I know he ran kind of a slow forty, but I think that he would pair really well with with a guy like Devonta Smith in that offense as kind of a yak guy. Um, I think Goddard, Burks, and Smith would be a pretty awesome trifecta of pass catchers to have in Philly. Um, and then getting Kyrie Elam, I mean, I'm not going to pretend like I have grinded the tape on Kyrie Elam. I just took him because he was the best available corner that was over six feet tall that I could play across from Slay and obviously played against SEC competition. Um, I think his cousin, Matt Elam, was uh, an NFL bust back in the day. Yep. Kyrie is going to try to get that family name back right. Hopefully he doesn't have to play in Canada. I uh, reached out to... To Carl Jones, he says he's he's finalizing that corner rankings. Ooh, well that's that's what we're gonna so, go off of. That's yeah, here <laughs> in the back we're gonna go off the Carl Jones system. So uh, we'll we'll get some clarity there uh, on the corner room uh, coming here soon soon to the podcast. Green Bay, man, I doubled up, double dipped, got Olave uh, at twenty two and, and got Christian Watson there at twenty eight. What do you guys think of you know Green Bay potentially getting two receivers? Uh, they need them. I think it would be smart. Honestly, um, I let, yeah. obviously they haven't signed anyone right now, but just like, you know, pretending that Green Bay gets a lobby and Watson going in next year. I think Watson has a really high ceiling, but I think, you know, there's there's some technical things that he needs needs to work on. But uh, a lobby is the exact opposite of that with I just think might be the highest wide receiver floor in the draft and has a really NFL ready skill set. And, you know, with Aaron Rodgers, you just need to try to maximize that window. I'll let the record so. show that I would have preferred a Big Ten Chris Olave David Bell tandem playing up in Green Bay 
I think those guys were probably the two best receivers in the Big Ten last year. Um, I know that might be disrespectful to Garrett Wilson. It's just my personal opinion, though. Um, and I think that that would be a great way to kind of remedy the loss of, of Devontae. What about Adams. Jahan Lee? He was awesome, too. I just think David Bell and Olave were the two best. Yeah. Some great receivers in the Big Ten, man. All, all those guys are, are pretty much first-round talents, in my opinion. So um, if not first-round fringe, kind of on the first round, second round, beginning of the second round. So, yeah. Tommy, going George Pickens and, and Dax Hill there at 29 and, and 30 as uh, they begin the post-Tyreek era in Kansas City. Yep. Pickens, man. That'd be a nice, I think that'd be a nice pick for a uh, piece for the Chiefs. Good work, boys. Any uh, any final words on on free agency, free agency post mortem? Any any last um, thoughts? Nothing for me, man. Tight yeah, nothing. hour twelve. We're keeping it good. We're professionals. <laughs> nothing for me. About to uh, haven't eaten anything all day, so I'm thinking a shrimp burrito from Benny's Tacos is on the wow. menu. For Enjoy me. that, man. That's what, me and, that's what me and Tommy enjoyed after Georgia won the uh, national championship. One of the best burrito experiences I've yeah. had here my short time in L.A. Yeah, what do we, I mean, think about coming up on the horizon, boys. We've got, uh, we'll, have, we'll have a little secondary breakdown with Carl Jones. we got the What Would I Do mock draft coming up probably in a little bit. Maybe that's couple, the one I can't wait for. Maybe a couple of predictive mocks. Lot, with Connor Ryan, is Connor Ryan getting the invite of back? Of course, with Connor Ryan. Why, yes. would, why would it, why would we ever consider <laughs> not bringing Connor Ryan? I just didn't know. Adam didn't say with Connor. He just said it's, the one it's I was assumed. It's assumed. Yeah, it's just fair hope enough, that Connor enough. doesn't get the Lions because we know he's going to take Hamilton. We gotta, we gotta try to. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to try to manipulate it so that doesn't happen. Can, oh, we, get a, can we get a date on that? What are we going to do that? Like the 24th. We should probably do it. It would be best probably just to do that this Sunday before. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. Considering uh, even Connor, you know, we're, we're all working men now. Yes, sir. April April 24th. What would I do mock draft? We will have the Yaps and Licks episode. Mm. It's always a classic. April, man. BJP month. Get excited. April and BJP month, man that as a precursor, I think we should cue a little draft day. <laughs>